Welcome to Kanza Radio, a weekly update on the people, events, activities, and initiatives of the Kaan Nation, people of the South Wind, on 1230 WBBZ and 1047 The Bull. Now from the Kaan Nation Studios, this week's edition of Kanza Radio. Okay, today we have some really exciting things in the works. We actually have a full house today. We're sitting down with advocates of the OSU Community Wellness Programs. There's actually a total of five of us in here today, including myself. We have Chuck Lester, the grants manager. Jamila Alharake is the K County advocate. Cherie Hansen Brewer is another K County advocate. And we have Marcy Antonio, the grant coordinator. Thank you guys all so much for taking the time to come in and sit down with me today. You folks are doing some amazing work in the K County area, helping to spread awareness and education to our community regarding the issue of substance abuse. You guys are really out there fighting the good fight, and Con Nation is very grateful to be working with you, especially considering that a big part of your campaign is dedicated to informing and educating tribal communities. We're actually looking forward to working with you quite extensively. We plan to do a Conza Radio series of episodes with you guys. So this is going to be some, some really fun stuff. I want to start by introducing all of you individually to our audience. Just tell us a little bit about yourselves, how you became involved with the OSU Community Wellness Programs, and a little more about your respective roles within the program. Sure. Uh, first of all, Great to be here. This is a really exciting opportunity for us to be able to sort of spread some of the work that we're doing to new populations and, and folks who maybe aren't familiar with what we do. We really, really appreciate the opportunity. So my name is Chuck. I um, am the grant manager with OSU Community Wellness Programs. I started with OSU Community Wellness about 11 years ago. We were called OSU Prevention Programs then on a tobacco uh, cessation grant. So I was uh, running like the youth program side of that, uh, students working against tobacco, and then eventually uh, switched grants to uh, a grant that we're on now that's funded by the Oklahoma Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services, um, and those were grants that all focused on like different substance misuse issues. So um, I've always kind of worked on alcohol in Payne County, but over the years we've had like a five-county area that we've worked on in sort of north-central Oklahoma, and now we are pretty substance-specific. My name is Jamila, and um, I grew up in Stillwater, and I also grew up around OSU, but um, my background is not really in public health. I actually studied political science and international affairs. Oh, wow. And I lived and worked overseas for almost 12 years, working with um, different academic research institutions, and I worked in with a lot of refugee populations. So when I came um, back to Stillwater, I kind of realized in my own just experience how important um, public health work is to communities, and I really wanted to get involved. So um, when I saw there was an opportunity in Ponca, or sorry, K County, but um, my family has roots to Ponca City. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom grew up in Ponca when she was younger and lived around Newkirk area. And so I really thought it would be a great opportunity for me to um, combine both my experiences. And Chuck gave me an opportunity. And so far, things are going well. Um, I actually focus on the stimulant grant that we have in K County. Um, we have three grants in K County and um, that's why we're a team of, you know, four in here um, because there's a lot that we're trying to bring to the community. Absolutely. But my specific focus is on prevention of misuse and use of stimulants. So. Stimulants. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for bringing all your experience kind of 
back home and, and helping out the community that way. I am Sheree Hansen Brewer, and I am a new employee at OSU. I've been here almost a year. I started as a prevention specialist. I got my interest in working in prevention through, I was a probation and parole officer in Montana, and I saw the correlation of the drug addiction and alcohol addiction and mental health. So I became interested in that. So when I moved out to Colorado, I got a job in a crisis center at a hospital for substances. It kind of led me to this. I just want to work and work more on the preventing side instead of Mm -hmm. working on the side once there's issues from the substance abuse. And I work on the marijuana grant. So, yeah, I'm kind of seeing a trend here. So a lot of you guys have your, your respective type of substance that you specialize in which is really great. It, it puts more focus and effort in the, in the right areas by the right people. Yeah, a couple of years ago, um, the Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services sort of changed the way that they worked on these grants. So we, before we would have a regional area that we worked in, pretty much everything. A couple of years ago, they changed them over so they're very substance-specific. So we have the three coordinators for the different substances. And then overall... Um, we have five different substance use grants across three counties that I manage. So we have different folks assigned to each one so that uh, we can have a prevention professional attached to each different community. And so, Marcy, you are a grant coordinator, but are you also, do you have like the alcohol side of it or? Uh, yes. Uh, so my name is Marcy Antonio. And I am a grant coordinator, um, just like Cherie uh, and Jamila. We're all K County grant coordinators. Okay. Yeah, and I oversee the alcohol um, grant for K County. Okay. Yeah, and how I got into prevention work was really just seeing my own tribe. I'm I'm a member of the St. Carlos Apache tribe in St. Carlos, Arizona. That's where I'm originally from. Okay. And really, I have a passion for working with, you know, Native American tribes because seeing from my own reservation, just seeing how substance misuse is so high and just how the rates are always seem to be high for Native American populations, that's always been my driving force, I think, when it comes to public health. And that's really what got me into public health, really, is, is just my passion for Native people. Yeah. And I hope to continue working with Native tribes, and I would love to work with all, all the tribes that I can. But, yeah, that's really how I got into prevention work, was really just looking at my own tribe and mm-hmm. just what I was exposed to. A lot of your passion for this kind of comes from your experiences growing up around, around your tribe. Definitely, yeah. I, I would say it, it definitely influenced me to get into public health, yeah. That's incredible. Well, as a tribe, Ka Nation is very happy to have people like you that are able to add that perspective to this overall effort that you guys are bringing forth. Now, as part of this introductory show, I would, I'd like to basically outline some of the purposes and objectives behind our collaborative efforts, specifically, how are we going to directly benefit our tribal community? I was doing a little bit of research. I noticed that OSU actually ranked in the top 15% of best colleges in 2023 by College Factual. It's truly a tremendous university with a wealth of resources. Now, as part of your affiliation under OSU, I'd like to explore some of the ways that we can employ those resources to benefit the Nation tribal members. A huge part of combating the dangers and potential damages of substance abuse 
is to educate and to spread awareness. That's a lot of what you guys are doing. One of the more effective ways to do this is uh, using statistics. As part of working together, I'm hoping that we'll be able to put together some solid statistics regarding substance abuse in K County, and more importantly, amongst our tribal members specifically. Is that something that we see as a possibility? I know that OSU has tons of research resources, and they can put together some, some rather incredible things for us to kind of open the eyes of our tribal members. Yeah, and I, I think it's probably helpful to talk a little bit about sort of what we do and because the approach that we take isn't always what people think of when mm -hmm. they think about prevention, especially in the old days, they may think about things like red ribbon weeks or those kinds of efforts. But um, as prevention has really transitioned into a fully fledged science of its own, the approach that we take is an environmental approach. So what we try and do is to come in and assess the environment that produces a behavior that may make it more likely for you to fall into substance misuse and abuse or in some cases, the things that are protective in environment, so that may make an individual less likely to experience that over their lifespan. And once we have those sort of drivers isolated, then we'll try and work to sort of create or recreate those in the case of uh, protective ones, or um, in the case of risk factors, we may try and eliminate those in the community. And so it takes a lot of data. Our connection with OSU is important because of the resources that are provided by OSU being able to, to have these grants. But the grants themselves, really from the federal level on down, require us to use this process called the Strategic Prevention Framework. And the very, very first step in that is assessment. So we will pull all the data that we can find. Uh, and I mean, anything that you can think of as it relates to the issue of substance misuse in an area, if we can think of it, we'll try and find a data stream for it. Because that gives us a clearer picture of what the problem really may be. And mm -hmm. what, what, again, what's driving um, the issue as opposed to trying to solve it on the individual level where you're going to a person and saying, you're not making good decisions or we're going to fix you because that can be down to millions of factors. Mm -hmm. We try and look at the environment that's producing that individual and see if there's places that we can impact that. So we'll start with assessment and then we try and build the capacity of the communities that we're working with. That could be our community coalition or it could be a community as a whole. We always take intentional time to do strategic planning so that there's an actual intentional time to take all that data that you've collected, take all of the discussions and the capacity that you've built to tackle that problem and then make a plan. And then we'll do these evidence-based um, interventions. So we will look for things that we know have an impact or have had an impact somewhere in the world on substance misuse and abuse. And then throughout that entire process, we do an awful lot of evaluating too. So a lot of the work that these folks do is keeping track of our progress so that we can report that back and we can make sure that we are having the impact that we think that we're having. That's really the the, the SPIF or the, the strategic prevention framework in a nutshell. And all the work that we do um, is required by our funders to follow that sort of process. So yeah, to, it's a long answer, but to get Absolutely. back to, but to get back to your original question, the, the data piece of it is enormous. It's okay. enormous. Yeah, and as part of our collaboration with us working together, I'm more than happy to try to help on that side as well. I know a lot of our involvement on the Caw Nation side is getting the message out, you know, doing this radio show. Hopefully we can get some pieces in our upcoming newsletters with some of your efforts. But if there's anything we can provide to you and we'd have to probably get creative, I'm sure there's some things we can look at regarding data, some of that data you need. There might be some, some things we can look into to give you guys some really helpful information that is only going to benefit everybody.
And that kind of leads me to the next thing. And you kind of touched on some of this with, with your answer to that previous question, but what are some of the additional OSU resources that may be available to our tribal members above and beyond education, awareness spreading? You mentioned um, kind of isolating different factors within the environments. Is there anything else that might benefit our tribal members that could be provided by OSU or be provided by your wellness programs? Things directly, resources directly, maybe on more of the the reactive side. I know you guys are really big into the prevention side, but I just really want to explore this relationship and, and see what type of resources are out there. I mean, I do think it's important to, to point out even things like at least two, uh, well, actually three of our community coalitions. Um, we have OSU Extension on board. So, uh, you know, for folks that aren't as aware of all the resources that fall under OSU Extension, they have an office in every every county in the state and a staff that the entire intent of Extension is to bring all of the research and resources that exist at the university out to a, a local community. So they run like the 4-H programs. They'll run um, a lot of the, the Extension Homemaker programs. Um, They've got a a ton of programming that they're doing all the time and a bunch of resources that they're hooked into for sort of everyday stuff. We also, through medical school, we're one of the few Ryan White clinics for HIV testing and those kinds of things over in Tulsa. Okay. Um, There's the Center for Rural Wellness in Tulsa and the uh, Center for Wellness and Recovery that also does um, some good work um, and and maybe coming into cake. So the I think that the thing that's tough about the university is that it's so massive. There are times when there'll be programs working in the same county and we don't always even know it until, oh yeah, you're here too. And so that communication piece can be tough, but there's a a ton of stuff through OSU because it's a land grant and because they they do take their land grant mission seriously, people can get tapped into for resources. Absolutely. Yeah. Abundance is a good problem to have, right? Absolutely. They do have an extension office in Newkirk, OSU. I know that our uh, Family Trauma Healing Center has been doing some work directly with the OSU Extension Office. Kind of goes with one of the things you mentioned. They have a class called Pathways to Success that they hold right there in the building. I think they even have like kitchens and stuff like that, that they, they show people kind of life skills, uh, beginning families, that sort of thing. They, they cover everything from, you know, how to, how to balance a budget, how to uh, manage finances, all the way to how to work on your vehicle or even the right way to buy a vehicle. Absolutely. They cover it A to Z. So that's a really, that's a really good resource. And uh, that kind of goes well with what you were mentioning. So as we continue to work together, as we continue to collaborate and find these, these amazing ways that we can help the community, what will that look like? What will a successful collaboration between Con Nation and everything we can offer look like working with the OSU community wellness programs? I just think it's really important to collaborate, to always have the tribe continue to be in partnership with OS, OSU to make sure that we're being culturally sensitive and respectful mm-hmm. of, the, of the tribe. Because I know with my own tribe, a lot of other programs will come in and sometimes they don't really know how to approach you know, prevention work or they don't know how to implement a program because there's a whole culture in a way of life that they're not really aware of. Yeah, so I, I think just continue to collaborate. I, I think just learning f- 
from the community, what just in collaborating all every step of the way is very important. Um, Absolutely. And you bring up a really good point. I think being mindful of the cultural side of this will help to perpetuate our message further. We'll actually get in front of the right people and help them as opposed to just maybe seeming like we're just, we're we're not really aware of the cultural side and, and they Uh might kind of just like, it, it reminds me of when I'm flipping through my, my junk mail, right? If there's an envelope that has a certain look, I'm like, okay, that's getting thrown away. That's getting thrown away. So we got to make sure that we're presenting ourselves in a way that's received um, by Native Americans. And, and a lot of that is, is being sensitive to the cultural side of things. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, the, the truth of the matter is, right, local people solve local problems. We're mm-hmm. not here to tell anybody, um, here's your solution. Mm-hmm. What we try and do is get shoulder to shoulder with the folks and figure out good, solid, science-driven ways to move forward um, and, and locate the resources together. But um, really, at the end of the day, having those local folks involved is key because they're going to be more capable, better served to be able to solve those issues than we would ever be. Working at more of a, a, a local, a regional level is, is huge. Absolutely. There's, a, there's an event coming up at the Pioneer Tech Institute mm-hmm. in Ponca City. I believe it's the... 21st. Tell us a little bit about that so our audience can possibly attend. Yeah, so one of the things that we are trying to bring to the community is um, specialists or speakers that can come and talk about um, things that maybe aren't something that we would have every day in our in our engagements with our partners and our coalitions. And we're bringing in, uh, his name is Officer Jermaine Galloway. He goes by, uh, his speaking name is Tall Cop Says Stop. And he's a former law enforcement officer. I guess he's current, maybe. I'm not quite sure about that. Sorry. Uh, He is coming to the Pioneer Tech in Ponca City on February 21st at 2 o'clock. And it's open to the public. And he's just going to be talking about um, the most recent, like, emerging drug trends that we have Mm -hmm. in the community that we need to be concerned about or aware about. And just some other things that, you know, I don't want to give too much away because I want people to attend. But it's, and I honestly, I, he hasn't given me a copy of his, uh, of his speech or what he's going to be talking about. So even for me, it's a little bit of a surprise, but um, it's going to be, it's going to be a good um, event if if it wants to come. Do you need tickets to attend this or is this, can anybody show no, up that wants to it be is, part of it? It's open to the g- general public. There's no cost. We're going to have light refreshments and just, you know, it's just everyone's invited. It's going to be in conference room B. Uh, Pioneer Tech is, is very friendly. If you just walk in any um, entrance within Pioneer Tech in Ponca City and just ask for conference room B or for the event, they'll lead you there. So Absolutely. Okay. And I'm sure they can reach out directly. They could probably find a phone number and call them to Absolutely. get more information on it. Great. Well, looking forward to that. And thank you so much for sharing that with our audience. Thank you. Well, listen, thank you guys so much. This is a great conversation that we've begun and I am excited to only continue it to sit down for further episodes in the future and start to get more into the actual details and essentially how we can help each other. So thank you guys again so much. Um, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. you. This is Kanza Radio, a service of the Kaw Nation of Oklahoma. 
The Kanza Health Clinic is committed to providing a continuum of care for Native Americans with primary care, dental care, and other services. Find out more by visiting our website at connation.com. Are you looking for a fun way to be active and live a healthy lifestyle? Konza Wellness Center in Newkirk is your destination for state-of-the-art cardio machines, a full weight room, and group fitness classes for all ages and fitness levels. Also, get a game of pickleball started next door at the Macaulay Gymnasium. Want to rent our facilities for a private party with bounce house included? No problem. Call 580-362-1444 to find out more. For health, fitness, and fun, come see us at the Konza Wellness Center at 3201 East River Road in Newkirk, Oklahoma. Next to the Konza Clinic, where the pharmacy is now open through lunch. Sitting down with us today, we have Kat Jones. She's a program coordinator for Connation Family Trauma Healing Center. Thank you, Kat, for sitting down with us. Thank you. It's nice to be here. You've been with Connation for many years at this point. I believe you started as a receptionist? Yes, I started as a receptionist at the administrative office. Kind of worked your way up, and now you're doing wonderful things for the community. You guys actually do a lot of work throughout the tribal community, um, whether it's from helping out with legal situations, helping out with um, shelter, that sort of thing. What are some of the other services that you provide um, you know, domestic violence victims as part of your department? We provide relocation services. We can help them relocate and find a new home, a safe place, job searches, things like that. My grant actually provides an attorney for them to help with their legal situations, whether it be divorce, child custody, child support, protective orders. It's really an incredible resource for tribal members in our local community. Your department is also very active when it comes to community awareness. This last football season, you guys actually were setting up at some of the local football games, high school football games, with the purpose of obviously spreading awareness about teen dating violence. I hear it was quite the success. Tell us a little bit about that. It was good. I think in Newkirk, we've done it like three or four years in a row. Mm -hmm. And we've just kind of recently, over the last two years, branched out to Blackwell and Ponca City. At those football games, we have a booth there. We hand things out. We speak with people coming in and out of the gate. You guys are also giving out materials. I hear you give out t-shirts, that sort of thing. They also... Um, t-shirts are definitely a big deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially in the Native community. If you're we giving love out t-shirts, our t-shirts. Yeah. People are showing up if there's yeah. t-shirts involved. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Speaking of which, there's another really important event that's coming up pretty soon here. It's called Self Love. This event is centered around teen dating violence awareness. It'll be taking place February 22nd in the Summit Room at City Central in Ponca City, which is 400 East Central Ave. It looks like the doors are going to open around 530. Tell us a little bit about this event. I know there's some relevance regarding the date of this event with it being in February. Yes, February is actually Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. And every year in February, we try to have an event. We try to go into the schools and talk to the kids, things like that. Yeah, this event's going to be a real big one. It's it's also including some fun things like prizes, free food, again, free t-shirts, and swag, other, other little goodies. Tell us a little bit about that. Is What are some of these prizes? So some of the prizes that are given, being given away will be a TV, AirPods, mini fridge, Bluetooth speakers, all sorts of good stuff. So actually it's a way to get kids to come, you know, if they're dragging their feet about doing something, but once they get in there and they, they, they're taking on in all this content, they're very interested in it and they always all ask questions and 
Tell us about who you have coming to speak at this event. Uh, one of the guest speakers is Jake Roberts. He's with Ponca Tribe. He's the behavioral health director. He's going to be speaking with the kids and hopefully some parents over coping with trauma. Okay. And is that the only speaker? There's going to be a couple more? or Yeah. Kelsey Griffith with Survivor Resource Network. She's going to be, she's actually the sexual assault coordinator with SRN. And she's going to come and speak to the kids on about consent and things like that. Excellent. We're going to have two breakout sessions, one being masculine self-care, one being feminine self-care. We're going to hand out more goodies there and have a smaller group of just breaking down some self-care things. Absolutely. We also have some important Kaw Nation tribal members that are going to be there, I believe, doing some opening and closing prayers. Can you tell us about that? Yes, the Kaw Princess, her name is Sandra LeClaire. She'll be there to do the opening prayer. And I just spoke with Chair Jenkins a few days ago, and she's excited about the event. She's going to come and support us, and she's going to do the closing prayer for us. Okay, the event goes from 5.30 to 8 p.m., not too long, doesn't go too late at night, which is good. Can you break down the agenda for us a little bit? I think you guys kind of get people in the door, get some food in front of them, get that captive audience, go over some of the beginning parts of the event, and then that's when you break out into these these different parts of the event, some of these yes. educational parts. So. Doors open at 5.30, and we will try to get everything started right at 6 so that we can squeeze a lot into just a few hours. Okay, that's awesome. While you encourage teens and young adults to attend this event, you would also like to see other family members joining them, specifically parents and really anybody else that would like to participate. What is, what is some of the reasoning behind that? We would like to see more parent involvement or guardian involvement, aunts, uncles, you know, whoever is the person you look up to. We are sharing a lot of heavy content with these kids, and that's just a short amount of time, and they probably have a lot of questions when they leave that event. Mm -hmm. And so we're hoping if the parents are there and seeing what we're showing them, that that can be healthy dialogue that they can carry on in their homes. Mm -hmm. The more people involved, the more they can talk about this, the more it can kind of breed an environment to continue these conversations in the household. Teen dating violence amongst our tribal communities is a very, very important issue. That's why it's so imperative to spread awareness like this. This is such a great event for our community. Now, the theme of this year's event is self-love. That's a really interesting concept to me. Tell us a little bit more about, about why you went with this theme. Well, typically we go with... Um, the theme of a healthy relationship and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And so we've shown, we've shown how to be and how to behave and how to treat other people. But it's something we've never really discussed is how you treat yourself yeah. comes across in how you treat others. And so if you're loving yourself and you're taking care of yourself in the proper way and healthy way, then you're treating people properly and healthy. Yeah. If you start with yourself, that kind of lends itself to all other aspects of life. If you're really practicing self-love, it's only natural that you're going to make healthier decisions. You're going to yes. avoid unhealthy environments, unhealthy situations. I really like that approach. Um, I think it's going to be very successful this year. Now, if anybody wants to find out more about this event, who would they reach out to? Can they just call anybody in your department, essentially? Yeah, they can call anybody. They can call and ask for me. Everyone in our department is on board with this event and excited about it. You can call our number at 580-362-1098. Okay, and do you need tickets to attend this event? No tickets. Just show up, sign in, be comfortable, enjoy your evening. 
And I know that this is also somewhat of a team effort when it comes to Con Nation. I know that there's other departments that have been very involved and they're actually going to be participating at the event. I also heard that Rock and Brews helped us out. They made a monetary donation, which we used for some of the prizes, correct? Yes, that's correct. Some of the programs that are assisting is the Call Language program, mm -hmm. the JOM program, and Tribal Youth, and KHDD is also helping out as well. I can't imagine that there isn't going to be an incredible turnout at this um, self-love event. You just show up, you can enter to win prizes, you get food. It's really a win-win situation. Again, it's going to be Wednesday, February 22nd in the Summit Room at City Central in Ponca City. Kat, thank you so much for sitting down to tell us a little bit about this event. I look forward to sitting down with you again in the future, talking about more aspects of your department. And I really hope this, this turns out to be an incredible turnout and a very educational and beneficial event for the teens and, and young adults in our tribal community. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. You've been listening to Kanza Radio, a weekly update on the people, events, activities, and services of the Kaw Nation. For more information, visit our website at kawnation.com or Kaw Nation on Facebook. Listen again next week at this same time for another edition of Kanza Radio.